For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode just last week. Ryan and I came on for episode 98 where we talked about how the Sacramento Kings might have a team of role players. It was an interesting conversation. If you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan was good. What is going on? So I always like to come on here first off. Um, you know, usually I do the beer crack. Uh, tonight I am drinking a bottle of uh, Michelob Ultra, you know, trying to stay trim here in the new year of 2022. But no, but uh, we are recording uh, what is it, Sunday night Rams Cardinals. Um, it's in the fourth quarter, just about done. That game kind of got out of hand. So me and Eric figured, hey, minus or but I said Sunday night. Should I sorry, let's say Monday night rare playoff game on Monday night. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, Rams Cardinals playing right now, um, you know, kind of a blowout, like I was saying. So me and Eric thought we'd jump on a little early. And, uh, you know, try to start the week off right and get a good night's sleep before work. But, uh, yeah, Kings are in the midst of a uh, uh, the easiest part of their schedule. You know, they had back-to-back against the Rockets and then a game against the Pistons. Um, so I'm sure we're going to talk about that. But, yeah, uh, you know, Kingsland is, uh, you know, Kingsland's jumping. And we're at that time of the year where people are starting to come out with their mock trades. And, you know, um, you know the, uh, the blow-it-up people are blowing it up <laughs> you know they everyone's the, the tankers are, are out and about and uh yeah it's just a you know it's a good time to be a fan a sports fan so real excited to be here as always it, it was a better week this past week ryan the like i said we, we got i think we should talk about the games and where the kings are at in the uh in the season i know last week we were go, we recorded i want to say uh, probably like a let's say a week ago, uh, probably a week and a week and a day ago, like maybe last Sunday or something. And so when we at that time we were we were looking down the schedule, and yeah, we had that, that, that we were saying the easiest part of their schedule that they were on a losing streak going you know going into the week, and we were like, oh, that Lakers game was the the one that you know after that we were looking it's gonna be easy it was gonna get easier, but. You know, so I, I definitely want to talk about the week, but before we get to that, Ryan, 
I think that we have to spend a little time on a little bit of announcement for Kang's cast for the people. So if you're following us on the social media, uh, you already know this. Um, but if you're listening to the podcast and you don't know this, Ryan and I wanted to come on and announce that we will be we signed on with a network, the Believe Podcast Network. So we'll be bringing Kang's cast on. Uh, to a network, so that's kind of cool. So we want—I I figured, Ryan, we should probably announce that. Tell the people, you know, what that means, and then kind of where the podcast is going to go from here. It's kind of a good time because we're coming up to episode uh, 100, right? And we had always said that at the beginning of doing King's Cast that we weren't going to take it too seriously or don't go too crazy. Until we got about 100 episodes in, you know, when you when you start when you start a podcast, it's it's easy to get ahead of yourself. It's easy to, you know, make some cool graphics. It's easy to talk a big game, but it's hard to go out there and put out the content. And that's one thing that Ryan and I really wanted to do from day one was not to try to be, you know, more than what we are. We just want to go out there and become good podcasters, go give good takes. And we always believed that if we did that, it would be. It'd be good for the for the podcast, I guess. That was the best approach, right, Ryan? Um, so kind of cool. Yeah, as we think, it's kind of fitting. We decided. I was gonna say it's kind of it's 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 kind of fitting as we go up to episode one hundred that uh, you know which is kind of our our milestone that that's really where uh, we 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 sign on to a network. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, you know, there's one thing. The biggest thing we talked about was consistency, right? You know, coming on here every week and and consistently trying to get better and really putting an effort into, uh, you know, getting better. You know, talking on the mics and, um, you know, even even right now we just had a little bit of a mishap. You know, I, I started talking while you were talking and stuff. So there is that. You know, you, you got to learn how to uh, to talk to somebody uh, when you're not in the same room with them. Because me and Eric don't do it. Me and Eric live. You know, we're brothers, but you know, Eric lives up in Sac. I live down in the valley over here. So. Uh, you know, it, there is that different element of it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think being consistent has really helped us. I, I go, I went back not too long ago and I listened to uh, one of our earlier episodes and, uh, you know, I don't think our knowledge has gotten any better cause it's always kind of been there. Um, but our delivery, you know, our, our collaboration on here has definitely gotten a lot better. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited to be on the belief podcast. It's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, consistency pays off. So, uh, you know, just, just for everybody else out there, takes aren't going to change. Uh, we refuse to be censored, you know, so, uh, we're, we're not gonna, nothing's going to change on the podcast. We just might have to read some advertisements every now and again. But, uh, other than that, man, you know, King King's cast and King's land is, uh, going to be moving forward as usual. And, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be reaching some, uh, some new listeners and stuff out there. So again, very excited. That's well, that's what I was going to say right there at the end was like, I, I, when I made the post, I, I think a lot of people, they do that, that, especially King's podcast, right? Right. Like people that do King's podcasts, most of them are journalists. They work on the radio. That's what they want to do for their career. And so a lot of those are very, for lack of a better word, corporate, like corporate takes. Um, they toe the line a lot. And then, you know, it's just, I guess, where the, it's where they, I think maybe they hold back. No one wants to offend anybody. Uh, you know, they're trying to grow their presence and in, in, in as far as someone who covers the team. And, and you and I, we never really cared about that at all. 
I mean, we we've taught we've done episodes on why we started this, and and the whole reason to start it was just because we felt we had some opinions that weren't being represented, and we felt like there was a lot of people out there in in Kingsland, which is a term that you know kind of came we came up with on the show, you know, that had good opinions too that weren't being represented, and that's just what we do. We try to keep it raw, we keep keep it real, keep it authentic, and share the takes that are out there and give our opinions on it. And over the last couple of years of us doing the show, I think we've had some pretty good takes. We've 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 opposed mainstream people that have big followings. And I would say, like on the bogey issue, I think we were head on the bogey issue. I think when the Holmes issue, we were always right in there. And people who are insiders, we were right in there. And, you know, it's not it's not that we were like smarter than everybody do anything, but I just think that we had good takes and and. I do think it's at times we have good opinions and I think people, the feedback that the biggest feedback that we've gotten on the show, Ryan, is that people say, if you look at like our Apple podcast comments, right. You know, so there's people on there like, you know, you guys keep, you guys cuss, you say, you, you keep it real. You say how it is. You're not afraid of conflict. Like, and people appreciate that. And I think the, one of the tough things for us over the last two years, when we'd get in some of those discussions with those, with other people who do podcasts or shows, we were, we were, I would say people were quick to dismiss us, you know, Ryan, they're very quick to dismiss us. Like, Oh, like good luck with your podcast. Cool, man. Just because I work at whatever blog site, like good for you guys. Cool, man. Cool. And it always, you know, I think to, to come on to the network, like we did our reasoning is not the money. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to, we're, they're going to have us do ads and we're going to do ads and read those ads and stuff. And um, hopefully it's, you know, things that we're into and stuff, which we'll want to push on there. but that's not what we're doing it. I, I don't, I told the, I told the, the people, when we met with my, I don't give a fuck about the money. I don't give a fuck about the clout or anything like that. I I just want to get to more. I just want to get to more listeners. You know, that's all I really care about. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the, the true things, Ryan, for you and I, right. Is that we've always thought just, just do a good job, bring fucking takes, bring fucking good takes. It's like, we always say going back to old school, Jim Rome, like have a take, don't suck. Like that's really what we're about. And we figured if we did that, it would take us somewhere. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, not, I don't really have much to add to that. You know, we've talked about this multiple times, and you know why we did the show and stuff. But yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, Eric's kind of been the one who spearheaded the whole believe stuff. He's the one who's went back and forth with the network. You know, so I'm just kind of the guy who shows up on game day and and gives his take. So Eric, Eric definitely takes. Uh, he deserves the credit for that, but. Uh, you know, yeah, thanks to the Believe Podcast Network. You know, hopefully it's a very uh uh prosperous relationship. Yeah, and positive a positive experience. Yeah. And then um I would say too, if you're if you're listening to the show, like nothing's nothing's gonna change on Ryan and I Ryan and I's and we're not cussing, we're still cussing, we're still talking however we want to talk and say whatever we want to talk and bring the takes however we want them. We're still gonna be everywhere that you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Google, Apple, everything. We're still gonna be out there on Kingsland talking like we're regular people. Um, like I said, at the end of the day, it's just gonna get us uh, more listeners. So we do appreciate mostly everyone who listens to the podcast, just because if we didn't have that following and you guys listening, I guess we wouldn't really be able to be in this position. So anyway, enough about that, Ryan. Uh bring it back to the Kings. Let's bring it back to the last week. So I started off by saying last week we recorded, we were staring down the barrel of the this week, which was a little bit easier than the last couple. All right. And if you're looking at the Kings schedule, they had had one, two, three, four, 
five losses in a row. And they're looking down to the Lakers, which on paper, Lakers are a better team than them. That was last Wednesday. So we were like, okay, they take that L. After that, it's Rockets, Rockets, Pistons. And so surprising Wednesday against the Lakers, Kings get the dub. We were at the game. Let's talk about that game because it was probably one of the more fun games I've been to in a while. Talk about that whole experience and everything that we had there. And let's talk about that game a little bit. Yeah, first off, shout out to uh, you know, our ticket rep, you know, my my season ticket rep, uh, I believe her name's Jessica. She hooked it up with the upgraded seats. So we were sitting about like row seven or eight, right behind the Lakers bench, which, you know, um it's awesome, man. Being able to see LeBron James live. You know, TV doesn't do him justice, like how good and how big and fast he really is. It's it's pretty remarkable. So um, you know, I'm not gonna go off on a big tangent about that, just that was really fucking cool to see LeBron James that close. That and Andy had a great game, you know, 34 points or nine rebounds, eight assists, something like that. But uh, you know, one thing that you know, because I've been to pretty much every home game this year, I've seen every team that the Kings have played at home. Uh, one thing about that Lakers game, and I was telling Eric, I was, I'm gonna bring this up on the pod. Uh, you know, usually I'm not a little, I'm not a little bitch like this. I really don't care. But dude, Lakers fans are fucking douchebags dude just total fucking tools all of them every single one of them okay there was you know first off we get in the stadium okay and this fucking random dude is yelling lakers and i'm just like ignoring him, okay and then you know he he he's following me there eric goes hits the bathroom and i'm standing out there and he turns and looks at me he's like oh man it's not like raider games i guess people don't yell the yell the team name I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. But this was the thing. Okay. First time that I've seen a fight there at Golden One. Okay. This year. And then also, you know, they do the, they do the fan cam and, you know, in between intermissions, you know, they get fans on the screen, everything. Dude, multiple middle fingers from Lakers fans up on the big screen. You know, that's kind of a, you know, I'm not a little bitch like that, dude. You know, I really try not to, you know, it doesn't, I'm not offended by it, but it's just, I already fucking hate Laker fans, okay? And that just added to it. The experience around Laker fans was the worst experience around any other fans that I've seen so far at Golden 1 Center this year. So I just wanted to point that out. You guys are all pieces of shit, and I hate all of you. Uh, with that being said, uh, Kings played awesome, man. It was fucking fun, dude. It was... Right, De'Aaron Fox just kind of showed out and 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 really, you know... All the people that are saying you need to trade De'Aaron Fox and you do this, you need to do that. Uh, I think that game right there, he kind of put that to rest. You know, scoring at will, doing doing everything he needed to do to make sure Sacramento won. Uh, so that that was a lot of fun. Buddy Healed, or excuse me, Buddy Healed, Marvin Bagley played great. It, w- it was really fun to see Marvin Bagley out there uh, pulling down boards and scoring some points. So I believe he had a double double, uh, but really just a, a great game. I, I thought I thought the Lakers were going to go on a run at the end, but. You know, Kings just kept him at bay. So, uh, you know, like Eric said, a lot of fun, really, you know, really great experience. I'm, I'm glad I almost sold the tickets, man. I, I really did. I almost sold the Lakers tickets for a second time this year. Glad I didn't. Uh, best game, best game of the year so far. It was it, it was a game. All, all the reasons you you listed. Uh, I would say that this last week was was a big week. I'd say really more than those last week maybe the last couple of weeks, but they were big for deer and Fox. I feel like Darren Fox is, is getting back to that uh, level that he was at last year. Um, getting, getting points dynamically in the paint. And that was a big game for him going, going out against a, a star team like that. Um, and then, like you said, Marvin Bagley was the highlight. So 
out of out of the game, that, that was the highlight for me. And you touched on that. Um, you know, not that we don't do game breakdowns. That's not what we do. We don't really ever go in there and do our, our analysis of it. But just because we were at that game and it was fun, I really want to talk about it. Cool moment too, Ryan. We sat next to a kid who I, I bring this up just because we're fans, dude. We sat next to this kid who like beat uh, cancer <laughs> and he like, I guess he had just finished his chemotherapy. So that was another thing that he was sitting right next to us and he had finished chemo the day before. So Ryan and I were trying to get this kid to meet LeBron. That's really what he wanted. Unfortunately, he did meet, meet LeBron, but that, that was, that was pretty cool to see. Um, I don't know. That one just, that, that, that moment just stuck to me just because he, you know, I don't, I don't know, just kids like that at the arena and, and the fan experience. And you, you kind of think about when you were a fan. So that, that was a cool moment for the game. Um, the upgraded seats were nice sitting, sitting that close behind the bench. I mean, you know, like I said, it's not a, it's not a Lakers thing, but you know, to see LeBron James at his age and stuff was interesting. I, I, we've never seen LeBron before. We've just never had the opportunity you and I. So that was, we've seen pretty much most players we've wanted to see, especially over the last bunch of years, but that was, you know, we got to see him. And it was great to see them lose too, because all those fucking people in there, like you're mentioning, God, that um, was fucking, it pissed me off from the second I walked in the building. Yeah, yeah, all, all all the people in there just um, taking L's as they as they walked out. Um, I'm I'm really pissed though, Ryan. You know, we were sitting there, and I was trying to bet the money line on them. You know, and you and I was be- trying to bet the money line on the Kings, and you were like, "Nah, don't do it." And so I pulled out the last second. God damn it! They that's but you know I, I say every I say it every week, Ryan. That's why you don't bet the Kings. You that's bet, why you don't bet the Kings, dude. You bet exactly. you bet against them, they win. You bet for them, they lose. It's just my fucking luck. And see, you know? and I was just keeping you honest because I stay away, dude. I've I am done betting the Kings, so I know I keep saying it every week, and yet I I still get that itch. It's mostly when you're in there, you know, you're in there, you, you get you get the juices flowing. You want to see them take the dub or something. The the, the pregame's playing the da 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 da, da. and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm betting it, money line, motherfuckers, let's go. Yeah, so then then Friday at the Rockets, um, so you know, we're, I guess like you said, we're staring down. They they took care of business on that one. It is what it is. Bagley twenty six thirteen which is nice, uh, Bagley, two games. But then yesterday, see, this is the problem, though, right? This is the problem, that they go play the Rockets the fucking game. I get they're shorthanded with Halliburton out with the COVID protocols, but Jesus, dude, you got to win those games, you know? I mean, you, you take care of business against the Rockets at home, and then you go beat the Pistons, and all of a sudden, you're back in the thick of it. But goddamn, the Kings just can't get it done, dude. And I think that's why people are so frustrated. The Kings are 18 and 28. The 10th seed is the Blazers, 18 and 25. They're right there, you know? And this is the thing, Ryan, that at the end of the year, the last two years, when the Kings are barely missing out, see, we talk about the the line between bad and just good enough to get in, and it's always just a couple games. You look last year, two nine-game losing streaks. Maybe you don't do fucking that. You know, maybe you win just two of those out of the nine, and you're in. You know, and same thing right here. You lose against the fucking Rockets at home. You know, you start blowing those chances. And that's that's the difference, dude. That's the difference between teams who are uh, bad and teams that were good. You know, teams that are bad, teams are good. I, I look tonight, I bet the I bet against the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know why I keep doing it. Every time I bet for them, they fucking lose. But, you know, the Hawks go out there, they beat them. And that's what happens around the league. You know, it's, it's kind of, there's a little more parity out there teams teams find a way to get out of a hump even if it's against a team above them and it seems like the kings can't even put together uh a a little bit of a streak against teams 
quote unquote that they should win. But at this point, I don't think you can say that when it comes to the Kangs anymore. There's no team that they should beat. Yeah, and, and let's let's talk about this case. So Holmes played 15 minutes, four points, no rebounds, no assists, right? Hal Burton didn't play. Tristan Thompson was out. Deer Fox was ejected. You know, so you, you look at it and you're like, all right, you know, like, I get it, right? No excuses. It's the Rockets, but you know they were extremely shorthanded, right? When you when you're missing, um, you know Holmes, who barely played, and Halliburton, you know you're missing your starting two guard and and all that stuff. But you know, you know fans want to, you know people like to talk crap about certain players and stuff, but then they they don't want to call other guys out, you know. And and I we've been doing this recently. And I think you got to call Harrison Barnes out, dude. Okay, you know Harrison Barnes played 32 minutes against possibly the worst team in the NBA. Right, he had 12 points. He went two for seven, one for five from threes, and it's not like he boarded. He had two rebounds, three assists in 32 fucking minutes. In 30, that's that's bad. That is bad. You know, Metu one for six from three, and we've come on here talking about this multiple times. Why does Metu shoot so many threes? I don't agree with it. You know, it, we've been on here multiple times over the last few weeks and talked about that. Um, you know, Buddy Heald took care of business, 9 for 16, 5 for 9 from 3, 27 points. Davion Mitchells was efficient for once, 2 for 4 from 3, 7 for 12, 16 points, 7 assists. You know, so you, you look at it and it's like, dude, Harrison Barnes, man, there's no excuses. People like to talk, oh, he's Mr. Consistent. Where you at, man? You know, you, you can't have, you know, you're starting three who you're paying that amount of money, play 32 minutes and, and just not affect the game, especially when you're missing Halliburton, especially when Rashawn Holmes still is not healthy and, and, and Tristan Thompson's out. And then, you know, De'Aaron Fox gets ejected and it's a four point game when he gets ejected and, you know, the Harrison Barnes was nowhere to be found. So, uh, you know, watching that game and stuff, you know, like I said, people want to point the finger at Fox. They want to point it at buddy. People like to point it at Halliburton, you know, this is on Harrison Barnes and, and I'm coming at Harrison Barnes lately because uh, I, I believe it's deserved. I, I believe he gets a pass because everyone's like, well, he's such a great locker room guy. He's, he's a great leader. You know, he's, he's this, he's that. But at the end of the day, he's, he's hasn't been producing lately. And I'm, you know, frankly, I'm starting to get fucking tired of it. Well, it's valid. And it's true because like you're saying, people, when it comes to the Kings, People like to find their problems with the Kings. And Harrison Barnes has been catching these from us the last couple episodes, Ryan. And a lot of it is because I think it's kind of what we we see. You know, he, Buddy catches everything shitty from fans, from media, right? But, you know, Barnes, same money, same contract, same everything. Like, you know, I, I, I it's just zero crickets, nothing. And, no, we've talked about it. We we talked we talked because I think I said last week Harrison Barnes, high draft pick, early in his career was on winning teams. He's always been a starter. His his floor is statistical floor is solid. That's the thing is statistical ceiling not that high. And you're right though. And if you point in his time out since he's been on the roster, I mean the Kings traded for him deadline two years ago i guess right so i guess what it which would have been 2019 they they traded for him and since that point they're not better you would think that at that time if you if you sign if, if you get this you know 
this veteran legit wing player that your team would be better and and it i i think that's where at this point as we get to the deadline like we and we talked about this last week Ryan at this point like it is we're getting to a point it is what it is kind of stuff right like this the, the it's the, everybody's shown us what they are they show us the impact they're going to make you kind of the expectations are what they are of guys and and as we get to the trade deadline, I really do. I think of all the players on the Kings, it's it's Barnes that they should look to move because of the money, because of the lack of the of the impact. But you know, I, I it always goes back to though with the Kings, like you don't have a lot of small forwards. It's a thin it's a thin forward roster. They have I don't know what the solution is without him, and maybe that's why they didn't pull that trigger last year. But I wonder what the demand is going to be for him at the deadline, if any. I I don't really know, but. I don't know. I mean, how much blame I have for him. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you, you can only hold people accountable to what they realistically can give you. And and you, if you apply that to the Kings players, we do that to Buddy Heald. I mean, we only hold him accountable what we really think he can give us. And, and it's kind of this. I think that's the difference between us versus a lot of people is we, we realized a while ago that Harrison Barnes is a solid player. And I think that people still, because he has five uh, five games a whole season like he did to start off the season where he tears it up all of a sudden people you know you still hear it oh if if hp can only get get to do this this and that it's like he's never he's not going to do that he's never going to get to that point he's not going to do that and and i think it does hurt hurt the kings it does hurt them when you have 22 million or 20 million or whatever it is in there and and it's it stretches like this if you look at the last 10 games ryan hb i mean he has 13, 14, 12, 16, 9, 8, 10, 11. One 20 point game in the last like 12 games. I mean, can't have that shit, dude. Especially when the, when you've been thin. They've been thin. They're not only thin at, at his position, they're just thin overall because of injuries and COVID. And yet he still can't even get his. So, ah, uh, you know, that, that's what frustrates me. You know, I know what HB is, I know what a statistical baseline is. But what frustrates me is, the lack of, you know, people holding him accountable. Like I said, people want to hold, you know, people hold Darren Fox accountable, which they should, right? Max player, right? People hold Buddy Heald accountable. I think kind of unfairly because I think we know what Buddy Heald is at that point. At this point, he's a, you know, 38 to 40% three-point shooter volume, you know, very, very skilled three-point shooter. Um, you know, he's who's going to average 15 to 17 a game throughout his career. Um you know, but people kind of go at him unfairly for a guy that's coming off the bench too. That's a crazy thing. Uh, you know, Halliburton's starting to catch a little bit too, where people are holding him accountable. But the guy who has slipped through the cracks through the last three seasons has been HB. And when you brought it up early, when when you come when it comes down to it, the Kings have gotten worse since HB joined joined Sacramento. That's just the the truth of it, right? That they, they, he joined the team, he got traded in that 2019 season at the trade deadline in February. And the Kings had that horrible march. Remember that? That horrible march when HB joined the team. And the team, you know, ended up with 39 wins. And, you know, we've gotten worse each season he's been here. So I think it's time that people start really looking at HB for what he is. You know, he, you know, he he's a guy who averages 15, 16 a game, you know, and um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just a little upset that he had he didn't step up yesterday. You know, Buddy stepped up. You know, when when the when the guys are out, when Hal Burton's out, when De'Aaron Fox is out, Buddy stepped up, Buddy did his thing. You know, Terrence Davis had a decent game. Davion Mitchell had an efficient game. Harrison Barnes was nowhere to be found against the worst team in the NBA. And 
to me, that's alarming. That that pisses me off, dude. That that's like I was sitting there looking at that game, like, come on, dude. Like HB fucking do something. And he was just nowhere to be found. So uh, you know, it, I'm, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, I, like you said, I think HB is going to be one of those guys here in a month from now. Um, that's not going to be on the roster, but, um, you know, it's, it's just disappointing. Cause I, when, when they initially made the trade, I was pretty excited. You know, I kind of, I like North Carolina basketball and, you know, HB was young on those warriors teams and he averaged, you know, 19, you know, get points a game. I think it was 19.6 when you were at the Mavs. I'm like, all right, HB could come in here, you know, give us 17, 18 a night and be solid. But, uh, his time here has been pretty disappointing. I would say that's that right there is what it is. It's that if you look at the Kings and the way they were constructed in 2019, they had, I mean, they had Willie, they had Bagley, Buddy, Fox, right? And then, you know, it was tough because they had, at that time, they had him on Shumper playing a little bit. You know, like they didn't really have, they were, they didn't have forwards, they didn't have anybody. And so it was it was like a, a a perfect puzzle piece for the Kings, everyone thought. And so when they traded for him, there was a lot of optimism around him. And, you know, everybody oh at that time, if you remember, oh, the future's bright, the future's bright. And, and he didn't elevate anybody. And it is a big mystery. It is a very big mystery and why he never catches catches any strays from people out here, man. I, you know. Uh, I, I I guess we'll probably never know because like we like we said, a lot of people they tell the line, they don't want to be confrontational, they don't wanna say what it is, but at the end of the day, he's not elevating anybody or doing anything. And and um, you know, of all the players, if you if you look at the Kings roster, that's the one that, that might really help them out. He makes a lot of money. He does make a lot of money, you know, and so I think I think that time has come. I, I think another uh, another one, Ryan. It's funny, you know. You, you start to look at the Kings. This has been something I've been thinking about for a while. Is the 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 roster's been pretty? The main components of the roster rather have been stable for like about two years now, and some even longer. And I would say it's pretty exhausted. You know what what, what they've got going on here. And you know what's funny is people are starting to really be honest about Rashawn Holmes now. This season really, really, I think, showed and uh, proved really everything we were saying last the last two years. You know, he's he hasn't really played. I don't think the Kings have missed him one way or the other. Um, I think people are realizing that he has if it's the hype around him, the hype and over over loving around him has kind of subsided. And a lot, a lot of you're not seeing as much of a Holmes can do no wrong stuff in in, in the chats anymore. It's a, it, people are just kind of like, yeah, he is what it is. Real funny, man. A year ago, people talking about eighteen to twenty million of star, you know, eighteen twenty million main component of the Kings, all this stuff. And it's funny. And I say, untouchable I say, is yeah, one of the words untouchable. That, that people said yes from credible people, from people that are on networks, you know, from people who work for the Kings untouchable 20 million a year i would say most most people felt that way and, and that was something we always talked about was like dude he's a role player he was always a role player he just came here and got stats on a bad team and played a role played a lot of minutes and served a role that literally no one else can do and it's not that he can't play i mean we talk about i think Rashawn holmes can start on a lot of teams in the nba and be good on a lot of teams in the nba but um he's not elevating anything so to speak I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded too. 
You know, and 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 I, you know, what's so funny at this point, if he does get traded, I don't think many people out there would really trip. And it's really, really, it's crazy contrast compared to a year ago. Do you think that's true? You think people wouldn't trip? Yeah, I don't think people are tripping at all. I think people, you know, we're sitting here right now, and you know, thank God the Kings didn't pay him twenty million. You know, thank God that Monty was thinking the same thing we were because we were literally the only people out here um, that were saying that kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't think people are tripping if they trade him at all. Um, I, I think, you know, 10 million, what is he making? 10.7 mil, I believe over the next four years. Solid. I think he's a very movable piece because I think that he can help a team, right? Like Rashawn Holmes, you know, you know, can play 22 minutes a night on a good team and, and be effective in spurts. But Rashawn Holmes, isn't that guy who's going to play 33 minutes a night and go win you the game. You know, I, I feel, you know, he's undersized, but he's an energy guy, right? He, he, he's, he's active. And, uh, I, I think his, he's best suited to go be on a, on a contender where he can play a limited role, come in against backups. Like we've been saying, you know, and put in 18 to 22 a night and have a, have a solid, solid outing. So, um, and I think people have jumped onto that and it's kind of refreshing actually, you know, cause that was, that was the hill that we died on last year. You know, we really put all our eggs in the basket and we said, you know, just like we did the year before with Bogey, uh, you know, we said we're going to go down with the ship. And we really believed that Rashawn Holmes was the role player that he is. And uh, we thought that, you know, he would get 10 to 13 million in that range, you know, 13 being high end. I, I wouldn't pay a dollar over that. And we were right. And and look where we are. So, um, yeah, you know, people aren't tripping at all. I, th- I think he's a good piece because I think you can move him, you know, package him with a player like Bagley or, you know, who who's played well lately, um, you know, and bring in a real piece just to make the one- money work because he he is a, he, you know, Rashawn Holmes is a good NBA player. He he really is. Yeah, and he doesn't he in the grand scheme of things he doesn't really cost that much, especially if you intend to play him a lot. He doesn't he doesn't cost that much. It's not it's not massive. Cap it. And that's where I want to transition this, Ryan, into a conversation we're having with you. So, you know, there's this there's this thing, uh, this take, this opinion, this thought. All right, we, we, we've had it, too, on here. Like, everybody in, in Kingsland right now is like, hey, Monty, like, you need to, like, fucking do something. Like, do something. And there are people now who are starting to... Um, you know, take take his track record of acquisitions and say um line him up and say that hey, like this is shitty. These are shitty acquisitions. Okay. And one thing I wanted to do was was kind of have a conversation about that because I don't necessarily think that that's the case. And you brought it up to me earlier when we were talking about him playing the slow game. One thing we've said about Monty since he's been here is no, he has not gone out and gotten major acquisitions and it is frustrating, right? It is. But on the other hand, I would say this, Ryan, it's really hard to make major acquisitions in the NBA. Correct. You would agree. And it's, it's risky to do that too, because the, this is where people I don't think factor in the salary cap is guaranteed. Like the salary cap is guaranteed. So when you when you go get something, if it doesn't work out, it could really fuck you. And there's been a lot of situations over the years with a number of general managers of NBA teams that have made the wrong move. And unfortunately, in the NBA, you just can't like cut a guy and then the money goes away and doesn't count against your that's not how it works. Like you're you're on the hook. Like you're on the fucking hook. Okay. 
Now, there's a few instances, there's stretch provisions and stuff, but that we're not talking about that. There's a lot of rules behind that. So, and, and that's where there's this hesitancy behind general managers to pull triggers sometimes, because if you fuck up, it could really set your franchise back. And in order to get out of a bad acquisition, sometimes it can cost you tr- multiple draft picks and players because you have to incentivize shittier teams than you to take on a shitty contract and you incentivize them by saying, you're so shitty, you're not going to win anyway. Sit on this ass contract, but we'll give you like a first round pick for it. And that's really how you have to get out of it. And so when you're rebuilding, you make a bad acquisition and you have to pay to get out of it. It really puts you in a bad position where then you give away future assets and your cap's messed up. And so, you know, that's that's where I think I wanted to talk about, Ryan. That's where a lot of the hesitancy hesitancy comes from and, and and one thing i want to say when it comes to money is i've i've applauded him since he's been here is that you can tell that he's made a lot of uh he's made a priority on focusing on that specifically so when he comes in that's why he didn't sign bogey that's why he didn't do it because he, he would have strapped the kings and and messed their cap situation up it's why he didn't go too crazy i mean it was people you got to remember in 20 you know 20 or whatever at the end of the year there um that they were, it was a shortened off season. He got hired late. It was a real weird off season. So it was, a, it was a lot of minimal contract stuff. That's, you know, and I think that's why they did that last year. And that was frustrating last year. The Kings went out with the G league roster and Hassan Whiteside, but, but throughout the year, it was a, it was a move to get expiring contracts to really not lock your books up. And it's kind of been the same thing this off season. So that's where, if you look like the Tristan Thompson thing, 10 million expiring, uh, Terrence Davis, minimal stuff. Right, Mo Harkless, minimal stuff. He didn't overpay for Holmes. Right, he's got he's got everything in place. And so I I would say like there's two sides to it, Ryan. Like what you've been seeing on there, yes. Like he hasn't been aggressive to this, but to this point, I'm not really mad entirely at what he's done. This point because he's he's kind of been, uh, like you said, playing the slow game, right? Yeah, for sure. But now's the time, right? So like you said all that to say this, you have to do something now. Like the time is now the we've talked about this before. The the roster is exhausted. Okay. You've reached your limits with this roster. We've reached, you know, we've seen what Harrison Barnes offers. We've, you know, as, as much as we think, you know, you know, oh, that we think of Buddy Heald and we value shooting, we've kind of exhausted all that. You know, they royally fucked up the the Marvin Bagley thing up until the last 15 games. Okay. Like you, you know, so you're at this point now where it's like, all right, we've seen what this roster can do. At best, we're a play-in team. Uh, we're not strapped for, you know, we're not strapped long-term. Now we have to make a move. And it just so happens that a guy who is 25 years old, the best defensive player in the league, in my opinion, you know, because he can go out there and guard multiple positions, right? Rudy Gobert is not guarding, you know, point guards and all the wing defenders and all or wing players like this. Okay. Just so happens that a 25-year-old is out there on the trade block. So, you know, he's in this situation right now where it's like you have to do something. And and I really, you know, Cowboy Kingdom put something the other day about how do you judge, you know, Monty McNair's time, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, because the Cam Reddish trade went down, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, wait till the trade deadline and judge the guy, okay? The guy's, he's done everything right so far. You know, we might, we might not agree with drafting Davion Mitchell this year, okay? But the guy's done everything right, okay? He he hasn't ruined us long-term. We do have some legitimate NBA players on the team. There is some real assets on this roster. Um, so, you know, come mid-February, 
you know, now's the time to make the move. And I think Monty's going to do it. You know, I kind of, I kind of trust the guy from what I've seen, you know, everything else um, has worked out so far. So, um, you know, I, I really believe that Monty's going to make the, make the right move this time. So uh, it has been the long game, you know, fans are impatient, you know, the, the, the stupidest thing alive. And I love it too. The stupidest fucking thing alive is the ESPN trade machine. It's fucking dumb. It's hella dumb, but I love it. You know, I stay on there making some random shit. You know, I don't put them in Kingsland and stuff, but you know, fans get so impatient and they just, they hop on that trade machine. Oh my God, look what we can get. Oh my God, look what we can do. And it's like, you know, Monty McNair's out there playing the long game. So, um, you know, give it another month. If he, if he, and I'll be the first to come on here. If he fucks this up. Okay. And I'm not saying he has to go get Ben Simmons, but if he fucks this up, right. And we roll with this roster pretty much intact, at least the starting five intact, uh, for the rest of the season, I, I'll be the first one to come on here and start calling him out. That's where, that's where, you know, they, they get, you know, like you said, people are impatient and, and really tra- transactions happen only on certain points. Really. I mean, I know there's a lot of open time where you can make a move, but transactions really happen around the trade deadline, the draft, that little period in the off season. Right. And then, there's a little there's a little bit of you get a little taste usually in December that first wave but those are those are typically minimal. Those are typically minimal. Those are the little a couple years ago it's the Ariza trade trade Trevor Ariza way. It's that deal, you know, it's those little baby ones. You don't see big monster ones. And that's where when when the Kings uh or really December 15th came, everybody wanted the trade to happen right right then right away. And and the NBA People aren't playing ball like that. People still are looking to see what they have. They're trying to still evaluating their team, deciding where they're buying, where they're selling, you know. Uh, and so I think if you look at the writing, this is why I wanted to have this conversation, Ryan, because, you know, you can only judge people on what they've done, but also you can kind of look at the writing on the wall. Okay. They valued the cap, they focused on young players in every interview. That he hasn't really done many interviews, okay. But the interviews that he has done, it's we're not. He said this week on KHDK that they are not going to, you know, blow it up and and sit on a bad roster for three or four years. Like that's not in the cards. Not an for option. Us. Not an option. Yeah. yeah. So he said that. So there's there's writing on the wall. One, this last year the goal is the playoffs. It's writing on the wall. Two. Um, you kind of look at what they're doing with the how, who they're playing and in and in the uh, and then what rumors are coming out who they're playing in, I guess in the lineups and the rotation and then or the rumors coming out and, and and that's what I said all the writing on the wall points to Sacramento has interest in Sabonis Sacramento has interest in Siakam Sacramento has interest in Simmons so the writing on the wall is that the Kings are going to try to go get better okay now I I agree with you though this is where. This is this is I, such a I would say this is such a pivotal moment for the Kings in the last bunch of years because there's a direction there's a clear path direction from here right so two years ago when they acquired Harrison Barnes what was the what was the take what were the takes out there from the people surrounding the team oh this yeah. team's just young this young team's superstar just young team. the young superstar yeah. word for word yeah the, the, this team's just young the future's bright blah 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 that's what everyone said then. Okay, so then the next year, all right, we just we just got to get everybody healthy, get back. Okay, blah 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 blah. They go into twenty twenty. It was what it was. They go into last year. All right, we made a mistake, you know, but but this year we got to make get some continuity. We have a couple of young guys. We got to see what our teams. Blah blah blah. Okay, this is more consequential now. 
It's way more consequential because like you said, you can't roll in to the second half of the season with the same team. You can't do that. You can't you can't leave questions open ended. The Kings are in the bottom in the NBA right now in attendance. That's bad. I mean, the Kings in in my lifetime have always been always been well attended a well attended franchise. Always. And the fact that there's aren't there's people not going to the games, it's it's very vocal. It's toxic surrounding the franchise's lack of urgency and stuff. They would be shooting themselves in the foot so hard if they did nothing. And so that's what gives me hope, Brian. I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just we're fucking idiot Kings fans and we're always just, you know, optimistic about the future. But they're gonna do they they're gonna do fucking something. They've got to. Have to. They have to, man. I, I think man. It, you think it's bad now, you know, you think ticket sales and, and, you know, we even have, you know, Kingsland does a pretty good job of, you know, uh, you know, not boiling, right. Not reaching the boiling point, man. I, and if, if they roll into the second half of the season with this same roster, essentially Kingsland's going to riot, dude, Kingsland's going to riot. And, uh, you know, then, then, you know what this all leads to as well as when, when you don't make moves and you don't show your star players that you're trying to do stuff, guys want to leave, man. You know, the Kings are at this, you know, you always say they're at a very consequential, consequential point right now. You know, you're in jeopardy. You're, you're a, a literally a calendar year away from Darren Fox requesting a trade. Okay. And I, and I've brought that up here, you know, a couple times over the last few years, next February, if Sacramento, you know, doesn't have a, uh, another player around him or they haven't improved or they haven't showed a direction. Darren Fox is going to request a trade next February and he's not going to want to be here. So that's the kind of issues that you run into by, you know, being stagnant and not, and, you know, playing the long game. Like I said, you have to make the move now. So uh, we'll see, man. You know, I, I really, you know, I firmly believe that they will make a move, you know, Bagley, Bagley, HB, Buddy, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Tristan Thompson, um, all those guys, in my opinion, are on the block and are actively being shipped to other places. So uh, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting. I really think, I really do think, like, you know, it, let's talk about who, who's people are liking, like, liking to talk about right now. Oh, who's who's the core? Who's the people who, who the Kings are going to build around in the short term future? And you're and you're seeing names, and this is the typical Kings fan stuff. You're seeing the names on there. Oh, Metu. Oh, Davion Mitchell. Oh, uh, you know, Damian Jones or got fucking Keita. Okay. You know, stuff like that. Um, I would say, Ryan, that the only player, like we keep saying at this point, who, who really, it, it's, it's De'Aaron Fox. And after that, they should do everything to serve De'Aaron Fox. And so that's why I say, I tell people like the next couple weeks, don't get too attached and fall in love with everybody as they need to be this centerpiece. You know, the NBA's, uh, uh the NBA is a uh, moving shuffle of players constantly all the time, okay? Guys move off from teams all the time, and it hurts your little heart in the moment. It hurts your little heart that, you know, bogey, you know, let leaves, but then you look back, what are they doing, right? And, and it hurts your little heart that, that Harry Giles leaves the Kings, but you look back, what are they doing? And that's where the Kings fans are going to have a hard time, but I think that, at the end of the day, that that is what needs to be done. It does it. I, I I'm gonna go back because to say this is like the way Bagley's been playing. 
it's it there's this thing with me it sucks so it's just sucks so bad because i really wish that there wasn't so much behind the scenes shit i wish this is all on court stuff because i really wish that bagley could stick around here because he's still young and this is the i think i think that this season what you're seeing from bagley right now is like what you king like Kings fans have been it's it's what we've been wanting the whole time he's been here is for him to just be on the court and to play every night and not be a bunch of questions about him, not a bunch of conversation surrounding him. Right. I mean, Bagley pretty much has played the last month, 15, 15, 15 last 15 games. I looked it up. He's played the last month. Do you hear people out there bitching about Bagley? Nope. No. Do you see bad Bagley ever have times where it's just a complete drop the ball, lack of production. Nope. But do you see Bagley have a lot of games where he goes in there and he has really flashes of legitness? He's the best rebounder on the team by far. And he he's by far the best. He in, you know, you, you go in person. Okay. Which, which we are at every home game. Okay. He is by far the best rebounder. He is by far the most athletic big man on the team. Okay. He, he is, he is by far the guy that you look at out. I think outside of deer and Fox, that that I test wise, you're like, whoa, like he can be, you know, like this guy showing real flashes of what he could be. Now he's got a lot of stuff to work on, but people forget, okay, because he's been in the NBA for so long already. So you're four, you know, people forget he's fucking 22 years old. He's younger than Terrence Davis. He is younger than Donovan Mitchell. He is younger than Metu, right? He's younger than De'Aaron Fox. You know, what is he? Same age, maybe a couple months older than Tyrese Halliburton, you know. So you look at all this, and you know, all these people are like, "Oh, we need to, you know, we we need to move off to, you know, Marvin Bagley, and you know, blah blah." blah. It's like, dude, he is so young, you know. He's just been in the NBA for four years, and those four years, he was playing under, you know, he was he was banged up, but he was playing under Luke Walton, who it's pretty obvious now who just fucking didn't like him, right? Like you. Call you know say whatever you want. Luke Wallen just didn't want to fucking play him. It, that's pretty obvious, you know. So, um, you know, we had talked about earlier in the season. You know, why give the Sacramento Kings benefit of the doubt? And that just proves it right there. I, that's why I wasn't giving the Kings the benefit of the doubt when people are talking about Bagley's this. I don't give Sacramento Kings the benefit of the doubt, dude. I don't trust them. You know, I I had a feeling that it was just something. You know, <laughs> it was just the Kings being the Kings, dude. Not playing a twenty-two year old number two pick in the draft just because they didn't fucking like him. That's what all that was. It's fucking. It's it's disgraceful. One, he's one year, almost like the, the like literally like like literally almost exactly one year older than Halliburton. One year older. I mean, that's at twenty two. So twenty one and twenty two year old. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing too is that the Kings that that's part of the reason the Kings aren't even as good is because they have so many young guys that they're counting on too. If you just really want to play that game, you know, but but. If you want to, tra- I've always said, if you want to draft guys high, you want to draft guys young, you got to be patient with them. And the lack of patience that surrounds Bagley just pisses me off. It's always pissed me off. We did that episode last summer on it. It still ticks me off. And I'm going to come in with a hard, hot take, Ryan, and a hard take. I don't think Bagley gets traded at the deadline. I don't think he does. I don't, I don't think, so think he does. Well, I don't think he does. But, you know, I don't think he does. I think that the only way he gets traded is if it's what's required to go, like I said, to go get a, a bit like a like a Ben Sims or something. If, if they rec- if they ask of that and that's what's needed, I don't think they're just going to trade him to trade him. I think that they would rather go down with him and 
you know, work something out and get compensation in the sign and trade restricted uh, thing market than they would just to trade him. So I, I expect there's, a, I expect him to be here at the deadline and I really hope he is. I really do hope he is. And I really have been wanting to come on here and say that, um, you know, I, I really thought it was, it was done. It was over with, but the, but the fact that he's been playing since Luke Walton's got out and he's looking good excites me. And as a fan, straight up as a fan, that's the one thing I am rooting for. I'm, I, I don't really, I care about Fox. I care about him. Everybody else, you know, I like to see if it improves the Kings, but I would really like to see those pieces stick around, you know, because I think it, it, it there's something there to it. 100%. It, but it, Am I wrong about that though? It was it it was just Luke Walton didn't fucking like him, dude? That's it's obvious. You know, it's it's obvious. It's obvious that Bagley's got the short end of the stick. That's what always frustrated me so much about Kingsland. Was people just want to hate, you know, he's this, he's it's like, dude, he's you know, 22 years old and he's just, you know, shows tremendous flashes. And it's sad, dude. It, it really is sad that he's gonna, you know, the number two pick and He's going to end up leaving Sacramento and I'd fucking leave at the first chance I could get, you know, there's no way he's re-signing with us next year. Right. Like that's just kind of, that's out of the cards, right? Like he's, there's just no way, you know, I mean, obviously they can match, but you know, there's just no way I think that Bagley would want to be here after all the turmoil and how they've done him dirty. So you you never know, but you, you never know though, dude, you never know. You, ne- you never know. You never know who they acquire. You never know the role. And, and honestly, if they throw the money at him, you you never do know. There's there I there I've been I've been thinking about this a lot too because there's always a risk as a, as a young NBA player to have that grass is always greener and then you go and then you end up going and and kind of bouncing around. I mean I look at it. You know who I look at Ryan that kind of is Nerlens Noel. You know like a player like Nerlens Noel who was a really high pick but then moved off his original team, kind of bounced around. Nerlens Noel. I mean. You know, he, he he was playing and he was starting on teams, but he, that that could happen to you. And there 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 there's other players like that. It's kind of risky in that sense, where you, you the grass is greener, but you get a one year, a little two year. You get a couple of prove it deals, and you get thrown in a team, and then you, and then all of a sudden you're in the mix, and you have a little injury. I mean, there there's that to consider. If the Kings throw something at him, hey, we want you here for a couple more years. This is what it's going to be. You know, so some that that happens, dude. It, it, it does happen. It, it at the end of the day, it's a business, and there is that. And 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 people, the people that are were the problem, Vladdy Walton, they're out. You know, and so I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm just overly optimistic in this one. But at the end of the day, if you're asking me what I do want as we get towards the end of this, that that is kind of that is what I would want to see. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's pretty well said. So, uh, Nerlens Noel, I think that's kind of a, a sh- eh. I mean, he did miss like his rookie year, I believe, right? And he hurt his knee. And but Nerlens Noel never, you know, his statistical baseline. You know, when he was getting the minutes with Philadelphia, it was like ten and eight. You know, like pretty sure the guy's averaging like last year five points a game. You know, like Bagley has shown. You know, when he plays, he's a double double. You know, when he gets the minutes, he's a he's a double double. Well, I I get yeah. that, but but you know, like I was talking about him or his career trajectory. He he was with his team for a couple of years. I mean, dude, 11, 11 and eight in you know thirty minutes in his second year, and and then he's it's 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 his it's the career trajectory I'm looking at where you you go somewhere else and then you know 
you don't take that leap like like you thought and teams don't stick with you and they just release you and you're on three teams in three years and and that's what happens to you but, you know you know like if you're sacramento though you know because I, I know we want to close up right now if you're sacramento you've invested too much in him right like you you owe yourself you know you, you owe it to yourself you owe it to him you kind of got to see this through right like he you know, you can't just trade him for nothing, right? You can't just give the guy away. He was the number two pick, you know, a couple of years ago, and he is only 22, and he's been a staple in your starting lineup for the last 15 games. So you, know, you can't just kind of give Marvin Bagley away. So uh, that's why I kind of do expect, like you said, him to him to be here. That's kind of the point. That's kind of the point. He's 22. Like, at this point, why just give him away? And and that's where I think people assume we're talking. You, you, see, you see, like, you talk about the mock trades and, and the people's ideas about what should happen. It's a lot of... Marvin Bagley's a throw-in. Marvin Bagley's a throw-in. I don't think he's a throw-in player. He's 22. He's starter right now. There's potential. You know, if they do keep him, it's not going to be on some max deal stuff. Like it's, it's. I don't think it's a throw-in. I don't think it is. And so it's interesting, man. I guess that you know the next the next couple of weeks, Ryan, is going to be very, very, very interesting on the direction they go. It could be great for us. It could be bad for us. It could be exciting, or it could be really, it could be really bad. It could be really bad, and I hope that doesn't happen. I really don't, man. I don't. I, I, we've been talking about it for a while as we're coming towards it. I don't think that fans can stomach it. It's why we're against tanking. It's why we're against this lack of urgency. I don't think fans have it in them anymore, and I think the, franch- the franchise is kind of realizing that, and I'm, I'm thinking that they're – going to do something about it so hey guys we appreciate you listening if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show you can always do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on twitter and facebook at kingscast eric and at kingscast ryan uh, we are very active on social media so if you want to chat with us interact there if you want to support kingscast please slide down after the show on apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you do we will read it on the show um Looking forward to next week, guys. It's the big milestone episode for us, episode 100. So we're really looking forward to that. Check the social medias and maybe do something special, uh, maybe an opportunity for fans to get on the show. We'll see what's going down. Um, so looking forward to that probably next weekend on the record and the release. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kangs. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.